Thanks for joining us today for the Anchor Daily. We are reading through the books of Acts, learning about the early church and the unstoppable power of the gospel. Listen close as we dive deep into Luke's and Paul's accounts. Hello, my name is Phil George, and I am a part of Bethel's high school ministry. What is the most tragic answer to a question that you have ever heard? In the business world, some years ago, Yahoo leadership was asked if they wanted to buy Google for $1 million. They answered, no, thank you. I also read an account of a carpenter who did a job for a poor painter who was unable to pay with cash. He offered the carpenter the choice of either wine or a painting. The carpenter answered, I'll take the wine, please. The painter was Edward Munch, One of his paintings later sold for the equivalent of $120 million in 2012. Today, we join Paul in Acts 26, around AD 60, as he's getting closer to the end of his earthly walk. At this point, Paul has been slaving for the sake of the gospel for 27 years. Paul knew he was being given an opportunity to present the gospel to Gentiles of increasing standing, at least in earthly terms, up to the most powerful man on the planet, the Emperor Caesar. So who is Paul's audience in Acts 26? Well, there's Herod Agrippa, Bernice, Portius Festus, plus the military tribunes and prominent people from society. Agrippa was Herod Agrippa II, son of, predictably enough, Herod Agrippa I, and grandson of Herod the Great. Herod the Great is the one who met the wise men and killed all the male children in Bethlehem. Agrippa Sr., Agrippa I, he arrested Peter and had James executed. He died in AD 44, and Agrippa II was only 17 at the time. Rome thought he was too young, so for six years, there was a Roman procurator. When he was 23, around AD 50, Claudius appointed him as king over the Jewish region. Bernice was his half-sister and constant companion. Her father was also Agrippa I. Portius Festus was a newly appointed Roman governor, and Agrippa and Bernice were visiting to congratulate him on his new role. He had inherited Paul's controversy. His predecessor, Felix, had kept Paul imprisoned to pacify the Jewish leaders. Festus did not know how to explain Paul's case, which in his mind was a religious squabble, to Caesar. He was pleased that Agrippa, who had some expertise in the Jewish prophets, could help. We see God's glorious hand of providence actively working, allowing Festus, Agrippa, and Bernice, and the prominent people to hear a clear gospel presentation from arguably the greatest apostle. You heard about this on Friday's podcast. Paul has remarkable presence. When Festus loudly interrupts, he draws out and engages Agrippa. Then we hear possibly the most tragic words that Agrippa could utter. In verse 28, he says, In a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? To paraphrase and elaborate on Agrippa's response, he's saying, Paul, you make a good case. I'm almost persuaded. Agrippa, who knew what the prophets taught, had before him the apostle who penned most of the New Testament. And as is the tragic case for so many, His pride and self-reliance prevented him from seeing the sweet, sweet grace of the gospel, even when presented by Paul. 
an almost persuaded Christian, or I should say an almost Christian, will spend eternity in total regret. We see the heart of Paul, Paul's plea to the audience when he says, whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. The last thing on Paul's mind was his own freedom. His heart was burdened by the chains that bound Festus, Agrippa, and Bernice's hearts, and the hearts of all the prominent people. So as I wrap up today, I will leave you with two thoughts. For those of us in Christ, recognize that our job is not to persuade people into the kingdom. I don't believe that is even possible. And certainly Paul could not persuade the learned Agrippa. Rather than persuading, we are called to present the gospel. Don't get downhearted when you see no immediate response. The first martyr, Stephen, did not see the fruit of his gospel presentation in Acts 7, but his words were heard by a certain young man named Saul. Recognize that the mighty providential hand of God is always at work in and through us. I encourage us, all of us, to continue in prayer for those with whom we are given the privilege to share the gospel. For those of us who are almost persuaded, as the adage says, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, almost believing will lead to an eternal total regret. If you've heard this today, recognize that God is at work in you. Repent, turn, and as Paul says in Acts 26, from darkness to light, receive forgiveness of sins and follow Christ. And let me pray. Father, your hand steered the great apostle Paul. Your hand steers kings and queens and emperors and the, and the lowest of us, Lord. You are a mighty God. We ask that we would see those around us with your eyes, that we would have a heart for those you've put in front of us, that you would equip us and empower us to share the gospel clearly with those. And just as importantly, Lord, would you ready the hearts of those we love who don't know you, ready their hearts to hear you, we humbly ask. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Listen in tomorrow as we encourage each other through God's word. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we would love to continue to grow with you. We'd also like a chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you can find all sorts of ways to serve, worship, and learn together.